Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today's film is Ryan Gosling's directorial debut, Lost River. Heads up, we will be spoiling the film right now. If you haven't seen Lost River, uh, our advice is to check it out. Or um, if you don't mind it being spoiled, feel free to listen. We will be discussing it in all elements, ending included. Looks like we're the only ones left. There's still people here. I'd like to stay in the house. Do you mind if I ask why? Because I have two boys and that is our home. I found a road that goes underwater. Must go down to that town. What town? They flooded a bunch of towns when they dammed the river. That's why they call this Lost River. As soon as the last town was drowned, a spell was cast. Everything that's going on around here, it's gotta be for some reason. running everything now. Head south, man. You're a very beautiful lady. What's this? It's a job. Where is that? Somewhere over the rainbow. Let's put it that way. Is it dangerous? The door's locked, you're fine. Why would you steal from Billy? He's trouble. He'll hurt you. Hey! You better run your ass! What's keeping you here? Me and my mom, Frankie. Is that what's keeping you here? Everybody's looking for a better life somewhere. Hey, for a ride home? What if something happened? And we had to leave tomorrow. Would you come? getting a lot of hate online it's yeah well gosling has been criticized heavily for borrowing from many filmmakers including dario Argento, mario Bava, with the nightclub scenes terence malik and you know the director he's been working with a few times nicholas, nicholas Wh- winding reffin yeah yeah that's right and i read um one critic said that it feels like a student film armed with a professional cast and crew and of course with a lot of money and um I personally was mystified in a lot of scenes of this movie. I love the fairy tale element of the story. There is like this flooded city under the water and it has, and it has uh, put a curse on the city. Um, like when the kid cuts the head off from the statue and he resurfaces from the that lake, the lights turn on and I thought that was really eerie. Um, you know, but I will say this about Ryan Gosling's film. If this is his creative heart, and nature and instincts and everything like that it is a very very healthy one like he, he's taking you know it, uh, it, it's i don't want to say it's original but it's not like a typical movie it's uh I, I think it's very interesting and he's got a lot of promising talent and he's a very young guy and he's got uh you know a big very promising career ahead of him 
Well, I feel like the promising career is probably in acting. I thought he had kind of a like a Brad Pitt or Robert Redford type trajectory ahead of him. Where... Maybe, yeah, yeah, because he's like that young James Dean as well. Like he's got that. He's got he's got a lot of um, things going for him. You know, he's got the looks. He's a very solid actor, and you know, he's taken this interest in writing and directing. The thing is, though, his fan base is not. This is not targeted at them. This, his fan base is uh, fans of The Notebook, fans of romantic comedies, uh, people who think he's handsome. In terms of acting chops, he's still trying to prove them, isn't he? I mean, this is him trying to do what I suppose Brad Pitt did in Twelve Monkeys, which is you know you're known as like a romantic lead. You take your shirt off in a lot of movies. There's that famous scene in uh, Crazy Stupid Love where Ryan Gosling's there with Emma Stone and she says it looks like he's photoshopped and, you know, he's got his abs out and stuff. This is how people view Ryan Gosling. And when Brad Pitt was like that and he was on Sexiest Man Alive covers, he did 12 Monkeys, which if you haven't seen it, he has a beanie, long hair, like a crazy manic eye. He's in a mental institution. He is not a handsome man intentionally he's trying to prove something as an actor you know and i if i remember correctly he was oscar nominated for supporting actor in that but this is like ryan gosling as a director like he's a new a new chapter i suppose i saw interviews uh with ryan gosling about lost river and you could hear the screaming young girls when he comes out and yeah you're right it's just the movie just isn't built for that type of, of audience definitely so i've got to have huge respect for ryan gosling for that it feels like yeah not in the acting sense what you described there with brad pitt but definitely in the creative sense the director he's really steering away from that i don't want to say, yeah from that brad pitt poster boy type look you know he's really veering off in a different direction I mentioned uh, he's built a cast of friends and co-stars he's worked with before. Christina Hendricks he worked with on Drive. Ben Mendelsohn was placed Beyond the Pines. Ava Mendez was in Place Beyond the Pines, but also she is his real-life partner, has recently had his child. Gosling hasn't had a film out since Only God Forgives in 2013, and presumably that's because he's been making this film and creating their baby together. I want to read you a quick review I found on IMDb, Lloyd. It's just a few lines long. I hated this movie. Hated, hated, hated it. To quote Roger Ebert, It makes no sense. The plot is bananas. It's boring AF, which stands for as fuck, and I'm seriously pissed that I paid like $5.99 to watch it on demand. I watched it because I am, well, I used to be a Ryan Gosling fan, but I should have known it would suck because Rotten Tomatoes' score was 27%, and I read that it got booed at the Cannes Film Festival, and I figured I'd give it a chance. Stupid me. It honestly sucks nuts. That should be the tagline for this movie pretty fantastic review i thought i thought no that's well that's a person going in with a a preconception of ryan gosling and of that sort of style you know and uh, if you're not prepared to be mystified or taken in a journey it's definitely you know this film's going to fail on all kinds of levels definitely there's a lot of uh, people saying it's style over substance and if he's influenced by david lynch and nicholas winding refn and terence malick even like those are all filmmakers and directors that are controversial already. If you're making, like, the Little Brother version of a Terrence Malick movie, then yours will be even more confusing and misguided. If you're making, like, a Nicholas Winding Refn movie, 
maybe stylistically it will be great, but this is also written by Ryan Gosling, and I had trouble with the story getting attached to it. Long portions of it were very boring. I mean, yeah, they flooded a bunch of towns when they downed the river, and, and that's why they call it Lost River Lloyd. And I, I have a movie about it. That's a, a line from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> there is this sense that nature is taking back this modern world, um, like where the character Bones lives. There is nature almost consuming suburbia and these really tragic houses are now ready to be destroyed. I think one person says that he had a great childhood and doesn't want to leave but wants to live. And, uh, you know, there is something really tragic to it. It feels like what America must be going through with the housing crisis and the economic crash in recent years. And I I know Ryan Gosling himself took a, a red camera um, to Detroit and was just filming around those areas and uh, asking people, you know, I was doing like a documentary style thing and he got some of those people to be in this movie. So you got that, you know, that weird quality of uh, of non-professional actors in the film acting with professional actors, which I think is always an interesting dynamic. Um, and I love it how he included some of those local people. Like, it is really obvious and it does take you out of the movie, but there is this weird authentic beauty to that to their language and movement that a professional actor can never replicate i think that's always an interesting thing um there's also the relationship between christina hendrix and the cab driver played by um rita rita kater if i'm pronouncing his name correctly Uh, i thought he that was really interesting i really like that character and his performance and the reason for me why he was so memorable is because ryan gosling gives the character small moments so there's like a scene where you see the taxi driver high five a kid at a diner and it's a pointless moment plot wise but it, it just brings a great mood to the scene like a really nice human aspect and you, you look at the taxi driver with a whole new light like after that scene like he's a really cool guy and most movies just don't take those small moments you know they they just go plot action after action you know so uh, i really like like Ryan Gosling, just from hearing him in interviews, and I listened to a whole bunch before doing this podcast, he sounds like a genuine movie fan. Like, he he likes Steven Spielberg. He likes, um, obviously, he loves David Lynch. Um, He's a movie fan. So I, I can't see him not maturing and becoming, getting more artistic credibility. Like, if this is his student film, I would give him an A triple plus. But I do agree with the critics, it does feel like a derivative student film. Yes. And wherever this was filmed was, like, incredibly dilapidated. Yeah, uh, I think New- Detroit. It has has to be Detroit. Yeah, somebody was wearing a Detroit t-shirt, so <clears throat> I assumed it was Detroit as well. For me... The best part of this film is Matt Smith, who uh, we just talked about on Terminator Genesis podcast. Uh, he plays a small role in that film. No spoilers. I thought he there. was the worst part of the movie. <laughs> of this movie. Of yeah, Lost of this River. movie. Yeah. See, he played uh, Bully, and he's this guy who cuts some guy's lips off with scissors, you know. He cuts into his own henchman, which reminded me of, like, one of the droogs in A Clockwork Orange. Oh, you know? yeah. He kind of, um, he was obsessed with stripping houses for copper and he, like, just played this kind of maniac. And, I mean, there was the part where he 
stabs and kills the pet rat. And which, yeah, that was just awful, awful scene. I was like, ugh. But he was the person who was making me feel sort of anything through this story. I don't know if the point is we're all desensitized, but... Well, yeah, like, I love... There was a great moment where he cuts off the guy's mouth and it gives off a great imagery, like this really ghastly image of his henchman walking around, you know, with that awful, you know, his mouth has been cut off and you see his teeth and he's walking around. A great ghastly image, absolutely fantastic. But the character of Bully, I just didn't get i'm like how is he running the city why don't doesn't somebody just punch him in the face like he doesn't seem that menacing and powerful so but but the logic of the movie it is that it is a fairy tale and he's like this really dark monster that rules the night so to speak rules the city and it takes um you know the kid to this you know cutting this head from some statue to throw it at his <laughs> truck which uh, sorry his car which causes him to crash and then eventually drown um you know but uh, i i just didn't understand the logic behind bully I, I don't think it's i had an issue with matt smith as an actor i just think the character just wasn't right for me i just didn't understand how he became so powerful in this world see i assumed the town was mostly abandoned and that he had no real power he was just like because there was no longer any authority in the town there's no police presence he sort of could drive around and bully people like his name suggests um i assumed he had perceived power where you know he he and his henchmen drove around and just pushed people around and like he was just loud about his copper and and because people can sort of get away with this kind of violence in Lost River. That That's a good point. Yeah, maybe it's the boxer within me just going, oh, I think I can take him on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is. I really like the performance of Ben Mendelsohn, who plays the sleazy money lender. Like, I thought it was really memorable in Dark Knight Rises. And in a recent um, movie we reviewed, uh, Exodus, um, Gods and Kings, he played a really small role, role in that, but it was really great. Um, and I love his dance at the end when Billy is in that plastic sarcophagus. Mm. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, this insane macabre victory dance. And that was all improv. He just said, I'll oh, just, just keep the cameras long and um, I'm just going to try something. And um, Ryan Gosling is like, yeah, yeah, sure. And that's that's a great thing when you have an actor becoming a director because he really understands where actors are coming from he can feel that oh, oh you've got something yeah I, I know i know where that vibe's coming from just go with it we'll we'll keep the cameras rolling and credit to ryan gosling again he chose to shot this uh, shoot this in film which is uh, i can't imagine how much money he would have saved had he had just shot it with a uh, red camera or something like something some high def camera so i gotta give him props just for shooting in film that's that's amazing <laughs> did you uh, you like the the job at the club she had like for me uh you mentioned the taxi driver and it is a long taxi ride from her house to this job it's like a but i love those scenes i love those scenes where it doesn't advance the plot it's these slow scenes that that are really nothing for it was just mystifying for me something about the guy's language and you know they're going on this long taxi ride i love that moment it's just something about it put me put me into a mood Who's paying for that taxi ride? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think she doesn't... She barely has enough money to keep the house, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, I mean, they're three months behind on house payments, but around them, houses are being destroyed. Like, and their house threatens to be next. I mean, I feel like they would have moved. <laughs> At some point, you've got to say, well, this isn't worth it. 
and 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 they the tv that they're watching is like an old boob tube tv as well it's just like wow this isn't like the the world of ipods and ipads just seems so far away from this world uh actually the nightclub scenes and uh, as much as i love ava mendes like uh gone on and on about her in our podcast <laughs> um the twisted nightclub of a of a sick high society didn't mystify me at all and i found that the most boring part of the movie i think it's because i've just seen it too many times like i've seen the the gothic horror stage show i don't know that the weird nightclub scenes with a sick high society watching it i've seen that done over and over again and to me the gore and all that wasn't um horrifying to me at all didn't mystify me at all um gosling actually said that it's based on the grand guignol uh which was a horror theater nightclub that existed in the 20s in france um and and so i thought that was pretty interesting hearing where those roots are from but i i i don't know it just feels like that whole sequence has been lifted from another movie to me and i can't remember for the life of me where i've seen it before yeah, it was fascinating though. I, I thought the club stuff would have made a better movie if it was all sort of took place in and around the club. That introduction to Ava Mendes on stage and she gets stabbed. Um, mm. I was like, oh wow, she had a good part in this film. <laughs> but of course she winks and it's not real. I was trying to imagine what the metaphor would be when Christina Hendricks' character is cutting her face off with that scalpel. There's a long sequence, it's drawn out, she cuts her face off removes the skin from her face and kind of places it down and that's her whole act and i suppose it's like she's selling her beauty um that's the last thing she has to sell the uh, look we've did we did a movie called all is lost on this podcast and it was uh, robert redford and he starred in that movie as our man and uh i hate a movie when you don't get character names <laughs> Like films where the credits say, "You're man gonna, you're woman. gonna hate the Dollars trilogy," <laughs> uh, with Clint Eastwood. Uh, it's famously called "The Man with No Name." Like that's what people refer to him as. Just comes into town to take on the bad guy. Yeah, I mean, in Mad Max, you almost wouldn't have known his name was Max unless they. That's a good point. And, yeah, you know, but um, at least we knew who it was going into it. You know, the title of the movie and everything like that. I got the feeling with this film, like, I didn't really know anybody's names. I didn't really know anybody's anything, you know? It becomes very hard to attach myself to a story when I'm like, well, who are these people? What do I care, you know? The uh, the scenes with the girl neighbor and the grandmother really slow the film down. They seem like largely silent and really tedious exposition. That, that was my least favorite part. Like I said, I would have watched a whole movie and enjoyed it more if it took place in and around the club. Like, if the house thing was sort of a background story and she she could still have had kids or whatever they kept sort of going will you watch the kid today will you watch the kid today like i felt like the babysitting in this film was questionable too but, <laughs> but i don't know I, I found it really difficult to attach myself and care about these characters can you imagine a script for this movie you know uh who reads this and then says oh i'm gonna give you a bunch of money this is the thing it, ryan gosling could have paid for this project himself yeah absolutely yeah. but because he signed on the crew signed on ava mendes signed on that's where the budget came from I, f I feel like uh everybody said yes to ryan gosling people said you know he said do you want to be in my movie and everybody who worked with him said yes they just said yes oh i'm making a movie oh your directorial debut great i'll be in it sure here's the script what do you think it's great everything's great ryan you're great 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 he's surrounded himself by people who have not changed anything about this 
And like you say, it's like a student film. It feels like it's padded, that there isn't enough meat to the story, and you you get like 90 minutes to the 90 minute mark, and there are these long, walking, arty, starey scenes, you know? I don't know. I just. I was bored. That, that's <laughs> the major you, thing. That, it didn't mystify you at all. Well, I wondered what that thing under the water was. Did you think it was like a dragon, lizard, fish? Did yeah. You have- oh, well, I actually thought it was a gargoyle right away. Okay, see, I thought it was a dragon, and I've read descriptions, and on Wikipedia and stuff, it's described as a dinosaur head. So I don't know that that came across. And if there are, like, I don't know if it's a statue or it's supposed to be, like, a living dinosaur once lived in Lost River or, like, some kind of Loch Ness monster, I don't know. I wish there were more answers, maybe. It's never the kind of film that would give you more answers, though. So they... He's lifted the curse, like, in the fairy tale logic, from the town, maybe a bit too late because the grandmother dies, um, but they leave the whole town in the end, don't they? Yeah, I guess. Because they'd have to, because they'd put put the mum up for murder, almost, for stabbing that guy in the ear. Like, I'm assuming he's going to die as well, Ben Mendelsohn. Or be seriously injured, yeah. Yeah. The only way to break the spell is to bring a beast to the surface, she says. So uh, A beast? I thought it was a piece. A piece? Yeah, I thought it was a piece from the city to the surface. I didn't under- I didn't hear that beast part, damn it. <laughs> it might be piece. I mean, I'm questioning it now. I'm only going with what I thought I heard. Yeah, I thought, well, it could be either one, but I thought I heard a piece from that city. So you could dive down if you see a house with a piece of cutlery, you can bring back the cutlery. I'm assuming that lifted the curse, but it could have been a beast. I mean, beast makes more sense since he brought the head of what looked like a beast yeah and he spent all that time cutting it just like wow lucky I mean, he brought that just, saw <laughs> if, he, if he could have grabbed a bit of cutlery that would have been much easier anyway i want to talk a little bit about the claustrophobic plastic shells ever mendez's character says you know you make good bread up there but down here is where you make the butter yeah that weird sarcophagus that um she has to entomb herself in and as long as that door is closed referring to the sarcophagus she should be fine so those things presumably protect women from and anything the men want to do if they want to physically or verbally abuse them uh, or sexually abuse them even then they're going to be safe inside those bubbles but the fact that they're in there is what they're getting off on the fact that they're really hitting at a woman or uh, shouting at a woman or whatever they're doing towards that shell is what the idea is yeah is, is that what i'm getting from i this? think so yeah Right. Okay. That's fine. I just had questions about it because that's what I thought was going on, but just in case I was <laughs> I'd wrong. like to know where Ryan Gosling based that on because I, I don't know if that went on at the um, uh, the Grand Guignon light cl- nightclub, but I'm assuming it's based on something. I don't think he created it. Like he, That's something that he invented in this world. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, what what do men see that's so appealing in that, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. One thing I just thought I'd point out about the editing, and I don't have a specific example here, but I noticed it a couple of times. The way this was shot, and it must have been around the scene where uh, they're in the store and she has to accept a ride from Bully and Face and keep them away from Bones, who's in the store. There was a scene where I think she was in the car and they had these long takes where you don't don't see the person talking, you just see the person reacting. 
and I found I that I didn't notice. Yeah, that took me out of it as well. Um, it was almost like having voiceover, and it was very much like the audio could have been recorded later. But if we shot a scene of you and me talking, and every single time you only saw the person who was listening, and it cut to the person who was listening when the other person spoke, that would be a terribly edited scene. <laughs> So, I mean, if this is a student film, this is like a big flaw in the movie. Uh, (laughs) I can't remember if there were many more times, but I know there was like a sequence there where I was like, what is happening here? They've shown me the wrong side of the conversation. I I didn't watch it that closely. uh... Yeah, I mean, maybe I was trying to attach myself to things and so I kept trying to get into this movie. But, I mean, the stakes are really odd. It's really hard to care if he's going to be able to dig up this beast and bring its head to the surface you know like it's not man I hope that guy gets that girl you know uh, when you're watching a movie you want to be able to root for the main characters and and say you know you can do it dig up that dinosaur head yeah throw it at Bully's car you know it it's odd stakes She's in a plastic suit thing. He's diving for a beast. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's not... It's not relatable, I suppose. Where do you see uh, Ryan Gosling going from here? Do you see him um, pursuing this writing-directing thing? Or do you see him just constantly going from film to writing-directing? Um, he's slated... He's filming and acting in a, a whole bunch of movies. There's six or so movies which are set to come out in the next couple of years that he'll be into as in an actor. Uh, I think he probably needs to live his life a bit longer. Uh, you know, uh, he now has a child. There'll probably be some influences which will get us a better story out of him. If he's going to write something, he'll probably write something about a man becoming a father and it'll be more in the vein of Place Beyond the Pines, you know, where there's a situation where he becomes a father or whatever. He doesn't have to star in it. But if he's going to direct something else, I think it needs to be more of a personal story that's set in a more relatable world. Having uh, mystical elements like this only just worked for Birdman, you know. People still found that weird. And if you want a movie to be at all successful and want to keep making movies, I think he has to make a story that people can connect with. That was my real problem with this. I couldn't connect, you know. Um, I found it really hard to care about these people. A lot story. of the criticisms I heard was that he doesn't have an original voice emerging um, from this movie, and that's mainly, I guess, in the style of it. It's constantly lifting, say, you know, oh, this is the David Lynch segment, lift, put, insert here. This is the Dario Argento segment, lift, put here, and all the techniques and everything. But I, I have to disagree. Like, I, I think this is a very good position for Ryan Gosling. Like it isn't, uh, he didn't hit a home run with this, but I think his mindset as a film fan and just like, if it is lifted from David Lynch, if it is lifted from Dario Argento, it's pretty good, you know, from what he got from it. But I think he missed with the screenplay a bit. If a lot of people were turned off by it, like he, he just didn't quite hit that home run. Um, with, with the whole story overall, so yeah, maybe a more personal story next time. But I hope, I do hope, he keeps that those mystical elements because again, like I said with Black Hat, 
um, I really do hope more movies like Black Hat are made and what I fear is every movie is going to be like a superhero movie and everything like that and the world's you know the voices of David Lynch the voices of Michael Mann and everything will eventually be irrelevant because people just don't want to see those movies so I do hope a very handsome good-looking young actor with all with his whole career ahead of him I hope he does keep that retain that mystical fairy tale style and we have that voice in cinema see i think other people are doing it in and they're doing it better uh for me i think he needs to walk before he can run he needs to make a coherent film and prove he can direct a movie you can make a stylish artistic movie it doesn't have to be commercially successful but you've got to show you can make a film successfully that the bones are there you know this is why joseph gordon levitz was so successful with Don John. I mean, there was risque stuff in there. There was, uh, you know, it was MA and, uh, he put himself in the film, but like he was able to create something that was more of a complete realized world. This is, it's elements of a lot of things, but I don't think it's quite there. It feels undercooked. Yeah, no, that's understandable. A lot of people felt the same way. Yeah. When, uh, when the grandmother burns at the end, that made me think of, um, what's eating Gilbert grape in a way. And I read that um, 200 hours were shot, 200 hours of footage, and it felt a bit to me like they were all in the film. <laughs> Actually, the the truth is is that somebody burned all the footage, and this was the only 90 minutes he could salvage. <laughs> now, the cast and crew that worked on it knew it was terrible, and they, they burned <laughs> all the footage except for the 90 minutes. This is all that he could save, uh, that, so that no one would ever see it. <laughs> Dave, I, now you're being mean, mate. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the actors were underused. That's all I'll say. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's not a terrible movie. It's just uh, the script has to be the best. Script was under underworked. Yeah, that for me made everything else suffer because, I mean, this could have been like a really interesting movie. But I wasn't attached to the characters and I found it very hard to care and... Uh, I've used the word boring, and that's that's all I'll say. <laughs> I've the, seen so much worse on this podcast, though, Lloyd. <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, I, I love um, where it began to mystify me was when he was running away from bully, and he runs into the street lamps being dug into the like just like the street just running into the lake. That was just wow. You know, I haven't seen anything many movies like that where you know this kid's like wandering and then you know it's like that combination of the modern world meshed with nature it's oh man that that really got to me that that was really nice visually sure the cinematography was great yeah that's Um, the real star of this movie absolutely ryan gosling's attached to an untitled blade runner project so you'll have that to look forward to and uh he's also working on post-production on an untitled Terence Malick project which is due for 2016 so he's still working with these people who are going to influence his direction so I'd say you're going to keep seeing films from him maybe not for a few years this will probably hurt him a little bit you know but we're going to keep seeing films I'm sure he'll keep coming out with films you'll like this quote Dave he said in an interview he goes I felt like George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven where he could pick the best team and he said he felt like that when he was making this movie he just had the he had unbelievable choice oh, I'll have this DRP I'll have this costume design you know what I mean like because he's Ryan Gosling and he wrote the script and heaps of people put their hands up he just felt so spoilt for choice he was like oh wow this is cool <laughs> 
If you remember the uh, the group that were conceived in Ocean's Eleven, though, robbed them. So ultimately, <laughs> have we been robbed? <laughs> Perhaps we have of ninety minutes. Dave, you are being a bully in this podcast, just like the character in Lost River. And by the way, that's your favorite character in the movie. That's what comes across. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan of bully. I'm like in uh, in How I Met Your Mother, Neil Patrick Harris watches his character um barney watches the karate kid and he goes for <laughs> the bad guys and i feel like that's, that's what i've done that's what i've done in this film i'll leave you with a quote from the variety interview uh sorry review of uh, lost river had terence malick and david lynch somehow conceived an artistic love child together only to see it get kidnapped strangled and repeatedly kicked in the face by nicholas winding refn the results might look and sound something like Lost River. Don't listen to them, one. Ryan. Don't listen to them. Keep doing what you're doing, all right? <laughs> listen, I, I, listen to your inner voice. <laughs> I genuinely hope, Lloyd, that he makes another film and that it's much better. I mean, I hope this is a learning experience. I mean, he's, he can easily make another one. This was only $2 million, so... Uh, How much? It's not going to be... $2 million budget. No. It looks amazing for $2 million. Yeah, sure. It's an achievement that it's done, but it's just not been well received. And I'm one of the people, unfortunately, that didn't receive it well. If you guys want to see worse movies than Lost River, go to our YouTube channel because we review a lot of movies that are just abysmal. That's right. The link for that is at podmeifyoucan.com. Next time on the podcast, we're talking about Frank. Now, Frank is a film starring Michael Fassbender and he is wearing... I mean, I don't even want to spoil things, but he wears a mask for the whole film. You might not know it's Michael Fassbender at all. Looking forward to talking about that one with you there, Lloyd. But um, for now, we'll leave you. Website, podmeifyoucan.com. You can find Lloyd and I on Twitter. Please don't send us too much hate. It's, uh, <laughs> let's play nice and not be bullies anymore. <laughs> and you can check out Lost River. It's available in iTunes in Australia and I'm guessing in the States. Thanks for listening. Hit it. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews. 